0: Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast brought to you by Marble Sports. Uh, Last week was our first podcast episode in quite some time. uh, Since December of last year, and I promised I'd be back this week. And here we are. So thank you to anyone and everyone that listened last week and is listening again. Thank you to anyone, everyone that listened in the past. And that's listening again. And thank you to anyone and everyone that's listening today and plans on listening in the future. And this can be all of you. Feel this hug. I'm wrapping around you. To thank you for telling your friends and family about the podcast and tweeting at the show. Interaction is great. One of the ways we all grow. Well, that's enough for the intro. Um, well, one thing real quick with uh, the podcast, I'm trying to figure out a way to put music on these things. So if anyone has an idea, that would be great. A problem is you got to have it be like you got to own it yourself, or at least I'd have to pay somebody for it. So if anybody has any music, they own themselves, I could pay you, or even better, you could let me have for free, and you know, I could promote it, <laughs> y'all know me, I don't like spending my heart on coins, so we're gonna have to figure that out, because I do want this to sound professional, but I digress, moving on, uh, thank you guys, this is what, officially the first week of August, which means football season is coming. And in fact, football season is coming so much that the Hall of Fame game is tonight. Let's clap for that. It's only a small clap because it's the Cowboys versus the Steelers, and who likes either? Not I, said the cat. Not I. Um, the Hall of Fame game is more... Fame than sport. I don't know. I mean, it's... I think what the Hall of Fame day- game does most is signify that football is back. If you're looking it to do anything outside of that, you're going to be disappointed because it really doesn't do anything outside of that. And this comes from somebody who is from... What? 25, 30 minutes away from the Hall of Fame itself. Um, the festivities around the Hall of Fame are great. The parade. Uh, the the ceremony itself. Um, the stadium, Fawcett Stadium. Now the Tom Benson Family Stadium. I think that's the name now. Uh, it used to be called Fawcett Stadium when I was growing up. But you guys know how naming rights and everything like that changes, uh I think in this case, I don't know if it was an ode to the Bensons the family who owns the uh saints or or what I know it was named after the late Tom Benson, but that's not the point. The point is football's back um so with that with football being back. I guess we can kind of break down this game. Well, really, not the game itself, because like I said, the game's meaningless. The things to look for in this game, though, well, probably more so not even in this game, but moving forward to the start of the season, um, huge, 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 huge fantasy football implications, because you know, there's really there's two factors. Outside of this football that helped the NFL be so popular well three factors factor number one is one game a week it's easy to sit down and plan and watch one game a week factor number two gambling factor number three fantasy football because like the regu- like the players well like the teams it's only one game a week it's a lot easier to Manage in China do, fan uh fantasy basketball, and oh my, I, I quit doing fantasy baseball. I think I do fantasy baseball once every three years, and that's honestly enough because I mean it takes so long. The season is weeks. The season is weeks, like. 26 to be exact. It's like half the season. It's half the year. It's just... I don't know. It's too much of a time... Too much of a commitment for me. So I never really do those. But fantasy football, on the other hand... Now that there is something. But we'll get to fantasy football. Back to the game. So the reason... A reason to watch this game. Not necessarily today. But these teams... Well, for one, I do hate the Steelers. You guys know I'm a bounce fan. I do hate the Steelers, but I cannot argue historical facts and data. And six Lombardi trophies tells me they're a great franchise. Uh, So, in the Cowboys, they're three... Championships from the '90s. Tell me, them folks are still hanging on to the '90s. <laughs> oh, it's so fun to make fun of Cowboys fans and the Cowboys organization. Um, we all know the owner there, Jerry Jones. He meddles too much in the into football operations, and ever since he started meddling. They haven't been winning. But when you're the owner, you can do what you want. So he does. And I mean, I guess, truly, the part I really don't understand is people complain all the time about the Cowboys, including their fans, and complain all the time about Jerry Jones. But every single year, every year, the Cowboys Is the wealthiest franchise, or however you want to say it, according to Forbes. Every single year, the Cowboys is number one. Every single year, their percentage of number one really doesn't change all that much. It's kind of weird to me. I mean, I don't know. But then again, it's Texas, it's football, and they're the oldest team there, so... That probably has a big factor to do with it when you think about things. Um, which not just thinking on a fan level lets me figure that. I think that's the answer, guys. I think that's the answer. Has to be the answer. That's the answer I'm going with from now on. Because it can't be you like the way Jerry Jones r- manages this team. It's not that. I promise. Because. So one thing. Back to the fantasy football implications. Sorry, this kind of everywhere. But anyways, back to the fans' football implications. The reason why I said this game is important because two factors, the running backs. So on one hand, we have Ezekiel Elliott, uh, RB1 for the Dallas Cowboys. The thing about Ezekiel Elliott is not Zeke or his talent or his health. It's the coach which he plays for. Um, Mike McCarthy, historically. A. Not even A. There's no nothings. He just doesn't... Running backs under Mike McCarthy don't produce. Um, In fact, there was a season when he was a head coach of the Packers. Aaron Rodgers had the most rushing touchdowns or something like that. Like, I, I heard that, and I just... I was in complete shock and awe. I mean, how is that even possible? How does, like, how does Aaron Rodgers have more rushing touchdowns, and running backs. And it's not like they had scrubs. Like, Aaron Jones was on this team. Like, he's not a bum. Like, so it doesn't make much sense to me. But that lets me know, don't draft Zeke. I mean, you just can't, you cannot draft him. Because he's not going to be the ADP he's going to go for. He's going to be a top five, maybe seven pick. I mean, in all seriousness, how many people are going to up ahead of him realistically um let's just say regular half point ppr league whatever or his standard league number one is mccaffrey number two might be Derek Carey or dalvin cook uh the number three is the other one of the two number four now rogers back you might justify drafting Devontae adams honestly or you might draft a guy like Tyreek Hill. Um, who else could be drafted? And especially if it's a full point PPR league, you're definitely going to draft Alvin Kamara before him. Um, and I mean, I've seen some people taking Travis Kelsey super high just because he's his value over other tight ends is just that great. And the thing about Zeke is he's not going to get the touches. He's not going to get the touches that says draft me five or six overall. It's unfortunate because Zeke went to Ohio State. You guys know I'm a Ohio State fan. I'm rooting for him. But just based off of pure data, I just don't see it being worth it. Um, Another thing to look for in regards to the Cowboys, is that Prescott. Uh, because before his injury, he was leading the league in almost every stat a quarterback could lead the league in. I mean, he was playing great before he got hurt. Absolutely great. No arguing that. So it's going be interesting to see how this season goes and see his um, production, see if it's on par with last year, which I doubt. Um, there'll be some, no, be a little regression there, but I would not say the regression would be even due to his health status. I said the regression would just be purely based on natural regression because he was playing out of his mind. Uh, with that being said, it's going to be great to see C.D. Lamb maturation process. But again, he went all of last season without his number one quarterback, so I don't know. uh, Very interesting things are going to be going on down there in Dallas. Um, It's going to be an interesting ride in Jerry's world this year. So I guess now we'll pivot to the Steelers. Um, So the Steelers, going into the draft, knew they needed help with their running back group. And they drafted Harris out of Alabama. Uh, So the thing about Harris is he is... Big strong man. Um not quite Derrick Henry, of course, but kind of, of that kind of, of that build. But I think he has better ball skills than Derrick Henry. Um <clears throat> I don't know, that's one thing about Nick Saban. He doesn't really I think he shows off his running backs, but not he doesn't show off his running backs versatility. But I don't know if that's because they always have so many great wide receivers and tight ends and their line is always so good. So it's always just running lanes and just run the ball with the guy. There's no point in throwing it to him when you have other guys on the outside that are gonna get open. So I don't know if that's the thing, but anyway, that's not the point. The point is Najee Harris. So they drafted him. So it's gonna be it's gonna be alright to see. Uh, Where he goes and you know what his touches look like. Because in drafts, I mean, he's going very high in fantasy football drafts. Uh, So there must be a lot of buzz surrounding him from the general public. Or at least the experts and analysis people of the fantasy football world. They're extremely high on him. So I'm very interested to see that. Also, another thing I'm interested to see is Corvette, Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster. After the Browns kicked the Steelers out of the playoffs, I was so glad about that game. And then the month of trolling Claypool and Juju did after losing, which was very embarrassing for, like I said, a program, well, not program, a franchise who has been so successful. It was very much beneath them. Uh, but that's not the point. point is moving forward. So this season look out for. But the Steelers is definitely going to be their running back situation uh, with Harris. And see how that goes. And see how things go with his touches. And see how he matures into the NFL. Um, a lot of the times running backs easily translate. Their first year into NFL because um running the football there isn't that much complexity in the difference between like college to pro. Because you're still got running the football is really simple. It's a hat on the hat, and you read the holes. And the player's gonna tell you which hole to go to. One O oh, trap, one trap. Outside zone, you're lined up on the left of the quarterback. You know you're running to the right. Maybe you're going to cut back or not. But And then that comes down to vision. So running back really comes down to speed and vision, really. Not even speed, more like acceler- speed, acceleration, vision, and making cuts. In which that doesn't really change too much between college in pro because, I mean, the front seven front seven, regardless. Really, only so many things you do with a front seven. Even still, office alignment and the NFL are so good at diagnosing the trickerations that the defense is trying to do that really, they only have to just run the ball. like So, it'll be interesting to see about him. And like I also said, Juju and Claypool, um, see what their numbers are like because I mean, we got to be at the end of the rope for Roethlis Booker, Kirk, right? You would think. Uh, he's been in the league since 04? Uh He's the last one standing between him, Rivers, and Eli Manning. Um, which you would think he'd be the last one standing since he's the biggest of them. Uh, but, man, Big Ben has taken a lot of hits. Um. Being a Browns fan, I've watched a lot of Steelers games. I've watched a lot of Steelers games because the Browns. I've watched a lot of Steelers games in general. Um, so I've seen the hits he's taken. So we'll see about him and his season. and See if he lasts the entire season. I'm not wishing that he doesn't. I'm just saying that. I don't know. We'll see. He really He rarely plays all 16 anyway. So I don't know. I guess Haskins should be ready uh, For when his time is called So since we've been talking about Fantasy football um, And of course The lima League guys My uh, Keeper League Always want me to talk about The lima League on the podcast So I told them I will But it's perfect because I think I did my math right We're five weeks away from the start of the season with Tampa Bay kicking off on Thursday. I think it is the ninth. So, I mean, it's perfect since my Lambda League has 10 teams. I'm going to do a full breakdown of the 10 teams. Um, Some will be pre-draft. Some will be post-draft. Um... But nevertheless, we'll still have it because I'm going to just try and diagnose who I think people's keepers are going to be. So maybe I'll just do it in two weeks because. No, I have three because we're drafting. The 21st, 22nd, 21st. So I have this week, next week, the following. So I have three weeks to discuss. Um, 10 teams, so I'm going to do two today. So first up. I'm going to discuss my team. No, I'll be a gentleman. First up, we're going to discuss Mr. McGibbles. The reason why I'm discussing their team is I play them week one. So it's the easiest way to do it. We're going to start out with just doing matchups. I play them week one. This is Brian's team. Now, poor Brian. I'm not making fun of Brian. Like I said, we only here point out facts, historical data. You make your predictions based off of that. But don't come to me for predictions. Except for when we start talking about the lines. But anyways. So, Brian's team... Consistent. Very consistent. But the problem is the consistency is missing the playoffs. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. Uh, so Mr. McGibblets. So Mr. McGibblets' team, checking out their roster. Uh, his team isn't bad. I mean, he might beat me week one, honestly, because looking at what he has, he has Saquon, so he's that's definitely a keeper. Uh, he has Dak Prescott. That's Probably a keeper. Um DJ Chark Junior. That's definitely a keeper. Debo Samuel probably not a keeper, especially now with a rookie quarterback. Uh Antonio Gibson might be a keeper. I don't know. So Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson, he, Deontay Johnson is darn good. I'll, I'll admit that, but that, my receiver room is just too full for him to be a keeper. So, I mean, I really don't know who his fourth keeper will be. Uh, perhaps he's made some trades during the off season in which to find some others keepers. Uh, but poor Brian's team, I don't know. He always seems so unlucky, um, and I don't want to talk down about someone. I don't think it's him. I just think he's just unlucky. It's like I think two, three seasons ago, like his, like half his team is hurt for half his season. I don't know. It's just the flukiest of things. So we're just gonna talk about my team. Um last year, I don't know if I discussed a lot of fantasy football with you guys last year, but in regards to to my team, my keeper league team got last place. Um hence why I wasn't, you know, trying to make fun of Brian, because that'd be the pot calling the kettle black. But my team got last place. And it's interesting because in my non-keeper leagues, I got second place in both of them. Only losing because Alvin Kamara went off. I will never forget. Like, it was like 62 points in one league. And like 42 in the other or 50. I don't know. I'm so upset about that, if you can't tell. I'm still upset. Anyways. But my team, so I made a deal. I was able to to get Action Jackson, Action Lamar Jackson. Um, at his rookie season, I drafted Lamar. And for some stupid reason, I either drafted him. Or, no, I might even picked him up like after the draft. But for some dumb reason, after the season, I let him go. I didn't keep him. I think because I was keeping Watson. Yeah, it wasn't even for a dumb reason. I kept Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, he played well that season. But that was But that was a season that Lamar played better than well. Uh Lamar played really well. He was MVP his MVP year, yeah. But that's okay. It happens. That's fantasy sports for you. Sometimes you make good deals and sometimes you don't. Um, I've made a lot of bad ones. And I think this, I think me getting last place last season was because of a bad deal that I had made two seasons prior. Or maybe, even, no, I think it was like three seasons prior at that point. Two or three seasons. When I traded away CMC before I had to, I, I just shouldn't have. I got back DeAndre Hopkins. It's not like I got back bad value. I got back great value. But you can only get back so much value because CMC is just so great in fantasy sports. I mean, he's great on the field also. Don't get me wrong there. But in fan, in terms of fantasy sports, he is great, great. Uh, So I did lose out on those points. So, but that's okay. But anyways, this season moving forward, uh, I already submitted my keepers to the commissioner. Um, My keepers this year, like I said, I was able to acquire Action Jackson. So, of course, Lamar Jackson's my keeper for my quarterback position. Um, I'm also keeping Robert Woods. Mike Evans. Dang, who's my third? Who's my third wide receiver? Wow, I just I totally blanked. Anyway, I'm keeping three wide receivers, so. I mean, I don't even care. I'll tell people what my plan is. My first pick, I have pick number four. Because some, we do this stupid lottery draft thing. I don't know. I'm trying to be like the NBA to prevent people from tanking. Which, whatever. But it, I got hurt by it this year. But the teams that I'm, the, so I have the fourth pick. Um, somebody has, ah, Juju. I forgot. I am keeping Juju. One of the people who I said is, that's the thing about keeping Juju. I'm keeping Juju. But, man, that wide receiver room is darn full. I mean, it's darn full. I don't know. But Juju, as a 17th round pick, you can't beat that value. People are going to draft Juju well before that, I would imagine. Um, So, you can't beat that value with her. So, I'll reluctantly keep Juju just because of the value. Um, Sorry, I keep blanking. I think it's still just the rest. But anyway, so those are my keepers. Hopefully, this year, I do better than 10. I mean... For Pete's sakes, come on. We got to do better. Try better, do better. Okay. So we're going to shift gears. Because last week we discussed the upcoming NBA draft. In fact, it was an hour or so afterwards, after uh, the podcast went live. Um, So now we can go through the draft his- the. The draft, um, and look at where people were selected. Everything was pretty. Well, I'm gonna say that I was kind of surprised after the number at the number four pick. Uh, the first three picks, everyone probably knew about already. It was on the go: Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley to Oklahoma, to Detroit, Houston, and Cleveland, respectively. Um, the Toronto Raptors, they drafted Scotty Barnes instead of everyone thinking they were going to draft Jalen Suggs. And interestingly enough, um, Kyle Lowry is no longer with the Ro- uh, not the Rockets, goodness, the Toronto Raptors. Um, so Suggs would have definitely filled that void better, at least in my opinion. But first, so Jalen Suggs rounds out the top five to the Magic. Uh, the next five is Josh Giddy, which I honestly don't know too much about him. Jonathan Kuminga, also. Franz Wagner, he went to Michigan. Davion Mitchell, he stopped the Zags from getting the championship. Um, Zaire Williams. I didn't watch a lot of Stanford games. I don't know much about him. A lot of these guys, I really don't know much about. I didn't watch them a whole, whole lot. Uh, I did do some draft, some pre-draft analysis of them. But honestly, the NBA is such a daggone crapshoot. I always feel like the NBA draft... I don't know. NBA draft guys, they don't be knowing what they're doing. Because like, you rarely see like second-round players... That are successful in NBA, and even by successful in NBA, I mean like journeyman players at the very least. Like it's, it's really like lottery players, and then everybody else. Rarely are, is there good value outside of the lottery. <clears throat> uh, and only certain few teams do it, um, at least consistently. Like the Spurs comes to mind as a team that consistently has talent outside of the lottery perform well. Another team that does is Golden State. Their talent performs well wherever, especially in this new era with Steph Curry uh, spreading the floor. And his ability to pass and dribble gives people room to operate. So that's the draft. It was pretty much Kinda to be expected outside of the Scotty Barnes pick, like I said. And another surprising pick, speaking of San Antonio, was Josh Primo from Alabama. Um, mainly the surprising pick about Mr. Primo is he's his youth. He was the youngest person in the draft. Uh people didn't, you know, expect him to go. Another interesting thing, uh, just to show my bias a bit. Corey Kispert was drafted by the Washington Wizards. Congratulations to Corey Kispert. Also, congratulations to Coach Mark Few. Coach Few got two out of the five starters to be drafted in the NBA in the first round of the NBA draft. I mean, that is huge. We're talking about a small-time school, not Ohio State. Not Texas, not North Carolina, not Duke, not USC. This is Gonzaga. Mark Few has built them into a powerhouse program. Uh, You can tell that by three things determine a powerhouse program, especially in basketball. Recruitment of blue chip players, development of said blue chip players, Draft status of blue chip players. Because ultimately, that's what the blue chip players care about is making it to the league. Um, what can you do for me to help me get there? And when you have a track record that helps them get there, that's something you can say to them. I mean, the Wizards love Gonzaga players. They got Rory Hachimura and now Corey Kispert, too. But one thing I do, and I think it's going to be the last thing I'm going to discuss Speaking of the NBA, was the Russell Westbrook trade um, in which the Lakers are landing Russell Westbrook. The Wizards get Spencer Dunwitty, Kyle Kuzma, Cantavius uh, Cabo Pope, Montrezl Harrell, Aaron Holiday, Isaiah Todd. The Nets get Uh, A second-round pick swap. The Spurs get Chandler Hutchinson and a second-round pick. And the Pacers get Isaiah Jackson. Wow, what a trade. Ultimately, the two things that matter, um, Spencer Dunwoody going to the Wizards and Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. I think the reason for moving Spencer Dunwitty by the Nets, I, I don't ha I don't really have a reason. Uh, other than they already have three guys who are very much so ball dominant. Uh, Spencer Dunwitty is talented, very talented. He's not gonna be happy, not getting not getting touches that Spencer Dunwoody deserves. Spencer Dunwoody deserves touches. Um, and I'm glad somebody going somewhere where he's going to get those said touches. Um, and being alongside of uh, Bradley Beal, I think mean, that should be well for Spencer Dunwoody. And as for Russell Westbrook, man, when I tell you, me, myself, personally, Russell Westbrook is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. That's, to me, how I feel. So preface everything I say after this with Jamal believes Russell Westbrook is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. No doubt, first ballot. He waits his five years. He's in. But I don't see this working. I mean, does anybody see this working? Does anybody see... Russell Westbrook and LeBron James working on the the court together. I I just don't. I think the primary issue, well, there's three issues with this, and which is the thing. And whenever there's three issues, those are a lot of issues. That's a lot to overcome. Issue number one, LeBron and uh, Westbrook are both very ball dominant. I mean, you can't average a triple-double if the ball is in your hands. Because you need the ball to have passes, to have assists. So it's not like Russell Westbrook is out here letting other guys take over. So that's issue number one. Issue number two. Westbrook can't shoot. And LeBron James likes to drive and kick. Drive and kick. And Russell Westbrook is not a spot-up three-shooter. Not one bit. He is a run-fast, get-to-the-lane, get-a-layup. That's his, that's his game. And there's nothing wrong with that being his game. Like I said, he's a 1st ballot Hall of Famer. His game has worked. His game has made him a lot of money. His game has made him, uh, I mean, uh, almost... Is getting to that point. I mean, he's got to be like one of the most. I don't know. You got to say something about him. He's one of the most this that or whatever's whatever you want to claim it. I can't argue it. Like I said, I feel like he's the first Ball Hall of Famer. I won't argue anything you say about him. But reason number three, which is the worst reason of all. He turns a ball over a ton. Now, I don't know if that's because of his usage rate. He turns the ball over a lot because he has a ball in his hands. But a lot of it, man, is just decision-making skills. And that's the part that I question the most. Not him from him, but just like his decision-making skills being on the LeBron James team. So we've all watched LeBron uh, for a number of years now. We know how... LeBron plays his games. LeBron James is not going to want to be on a team with somebody who consistently makes incorrect basketball decisions. That's just not something he's going to go for. It's not something he's going to, you know. I going to make him very frustrated and come February, he'll be glad it's February so he can get rid of him. I hope not that. But, I mean, I just don't I just don't know how this is going to go. With the two of them coexisting together on a court, so I am completely thrilled to watch this. Like I'm going to be locked in to the Lakers this season, just watching their games and watching, watching Brody, and watching Bron, and seeing how their faces be to each other when they do stuff, and just watch AD in between, man. I, like, I don't even know what's going on in AD's head right now. Like, he has to be excited that Westbrook is coming because Westbrook they throw a good oop. Westbrook, you know he's going to get you some touches because Westbrook want to get some assist. So he going to give you a chance to get some dupe dunks. Every big loves those. So a part of AD has to be very glad about this trade. All right, I lied. I think I'm going to discuss one final thing, Um, and that is the age of the Lakers. So LeBron put out a tweet talking about, basically his tweet summarized to, don't hate on us because we old or experienced, however you want to put it. And for all you haters out there, Come June, don't be, you know, riding on coattails and trying to celebrate with us when you was hating on us earlier in the season. Well, even before the season started, excuse me. I mean, the fact is, though, their team is old. I mean, their roster is going to have full of guys who have less time than more. Um, And basketball is a young man's game. Because, I mean, basketball is a grind. It's 82 games. On a hard surface court, and then after the 82, you got to win 16 more to win a championship. I mean, that's a possibility of 28 additional games if all four rounds go seven games. I mean, that is a lot. You're talking over a hundred games of basketball from very late October until June. Um. So we'll see about about that i don't I think what they're gonna do I think uh what the Lakers are gonna do is gonna be a lot of load management however much load management the NBA allows them to get away with they're gonna do that because they're gonna be a they're definitely gonna be a um a jogna sprint team I think they'll start out the season in a sprint try to win a few games. Gain some chemistry, gain some confidence. Uh, Back it down, you know, December, January, February. And pick it back up late February, you know, a week or two before the All-Star break. Well, no, not even. These guys are vets. They'll turn it on after the All-Star break. Um, We'll see. I don't know. Maybe they play their hearts out the whole season long, which I highly doubt. Just like I said, based on their experience. But with that being said, I would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Um, thank you, and if you have any suggestions, please reach out to me. Reach out to the to the Twitter handle My ball Sports. Thank you, and have a great night.